Good morning, people, people who are in the sanctuary and people who are online. My name is Audrey Brooks and I'm your service leader today. This is the Unitarian Church of Edmonton, where especially in these times of great change, is a place of peace, a place of ev where everyone can come because if for everyone who enters here in person or online is welcome to the spiritual home, a dwelling place of dignity and acceptance, a place of affirmation for whoever you are, whoever you love, wherever you are in your faith journey. This is a place for healing of spirit where your energy can be rekindled, knowing your story will be heard as we accept each other and learn together. Last week, Lewis Cardinal spoke of the nature of treaties where, which were and are living documents that signify sacred agreements between First Nations and, and settlers as to how they would share the land before it was called Canada. Unfortunately, as the settlers needed more land, most of the treaties were not followed. After over a hundred years, this has begun to change. Through the work of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, Canadians have the opportunity to understand how Canada came into being and opportunities to build new relationships with our Indigenous sisters and brothers. This church, which was built on Treaty 6 land, respects the histories, languages, and cultures of First Nations, Métis, and Inuit. We affirm and support the 94 calls to action that came from the TRC and, our, and the other continuing dialogues. Now, before we enter worship, please look at your devices and your telephones and tell them to go to sleep. And in that way, we will create a space to be together in the spirit of common worship. Now, we have... A, Prelude. Coriolis Light is going to share This is the Time by Scott Cairns.
I'd like to invite Tanya Vandenberg to light the chalice and the candle that shows our support and love for the people of the Ukraine. The reading is called Witnesses of the World by Tanya Marquez. It is now when we are called as witnesses of the world to mend it, to change its course, to restore it. It is now when we are called to act on our values, not to hide, not to fear, but to be bold and loud. It is now that we are called to continue our fight for justice, to organize, to speak up. It is now. Let us gather, let us give each other courage, let us worship together. Hymn 347, Gather the Spirit. And we'll be on screen. story, Stand Tall by Molly Lou Mellon, illustrated by Patty Lovell, and read by Rosemary. How's that? There it is. There it is. Stand Tall, Molly Lou Mellon. 
I will put the book back up, Declan, don't fear. <laughs> Molly Lou Mellon stood just a little bit taller than her dog, and she was the shortest girl in the first grade. She didn't mind her grandma had told her, walk as proudly as you can, and the world will look up to you. By the way, my name's Rosemary. Did I, I didn't introduce myself. My name is Reverend Rosemary Morrison, and it is my pleasure to serve this Unitarian Church of Edmonton, and I'm so happy to see all of you here. I should have done that before I started reading. I apologize. So, recap. Walk as proudly as you can, and the world will look up to you. So she did. Molly Lou Mellon had buck teeth that stuck out so far she could stack pennies on them. She didn't mind. Her grandma had told her, smile big and the world will smile right back at you, alongside you. And so she did. Molly Lou Mellon had a voice that sounded like a bullfrog being squeezed by a boa constrictor. No one in Coriolis can say that. She didn't mind. Her grandma had told her, sing out clear and strong and the world will cry tears of joy. So she did. Molly Lou Mellon was often fumble-fingered. She didn't mind. Her grandma had told her, Believe in yourself, and the world will believe in you, too. So she did. Then Molly Lou Mellon moved to a new town. She had to say goodbye to her grandma and all of her friends and start in a new school. I smell trouble. On the first day of school, Ronald Durkin called her Shrimpo in gym class. When the game started, Molly Lou Mellon caught the football, ran right under the legs of Ronald Durkin, and scored a touchdown. All the children thought, wow, she's good. And Ronald Durkin felt very foolish. On the second day of school, Ronald Durkin called her Bucky Tooth Beaver. Not very nice. Molly Lou Mellon took out her pennies, stacked them, stacked ten high on her teeth, and smiled as big as day. All the children smiled with glee. And Ronald Durkin felt kind of foolish. On the third day of school, Ronald Durkin said, you sound like a sick duck, honk, honk. Molly Lululemon sang out a quack. He got ducks and geese mixed up, didn't he? So clear and strong that it made Ronnie, Ronald Durkin sum, somersault backwards, hit his head, and have to go to the nurse. All the children cried with joy to be free of Ronald Durkin for the rest of the afternoon. I guess it's, he didn't just pick on Molly Lou Mellon. And Ronald Durkin felt very foolish. 
On the fourth day of school, Ronald Durkin said, she'd, said that she'd made the snowflake all wrong. But Molly Lou Lemon opened up her paper and revealed the most beautiful snowflake of all. All the children oohed and awed, even Ronald Durkin. On the fifth day of school, Ronald Durkin brought Molly Lou Lemon a stacking penny for her tooth and smiled at her. That night, Molly Lou Mellon took out a pencil and paper and wrote a letter to a grandma. Dear Grandma, I wanted to tell you that everything you told me was exactly right. Love, Emmy, Emmy, Molly Lou Mellon. So the, the title of this service is um, Stepping Out, Having the Courage to Be Who You Are, or something like that. And... Um, and that's what Wally Lou Lemon did, wasn't it? She stepped out. She, and she got a lot of her courage and her bravery from the love that she received from her grandmother. So it's so important for us to have the people that we are around to give them encouragement, to let them know how much we think they're great, so that when adversity happens, like it did with Molly, we can get past it quickly and sing out loud and stand up proud and tall. Thank you, Rosemary. You've inspired me to take another look at my challenges, <laughs> which are many. <laughs> the response is that these people know it. Now we will share our abundance. By supporting our church with financial donations, we keep it open and offering sorry, inclusive program for families. We also share half of the general donations to a charity, and this month it's with Child Haven, an international organization started by a retired Unitarian minister, Fred Cappuccino, and his wife, Lois, Louise, Bonnie, Bonnie. There you see, in full demonstration. <laughs> Child Haven operates schools, homes, and training programs in Bangladesh, India, Tibet, and Nepal for children in need of care and education. Many people in this church pledge on a yearly basis. Others use the envelopes in the back of the, the big hymnal to make a weekly or monthly donation. The ushers will take the uh, uh, offering after we sing the hymn 396, I Know the Rose Will Open, which will be projected on the screen. And afterwards, we will sing from you, I receive, to you, I give. Oh, this is 
next week, we're going to sing that again during the offertory, but then we are going to do it in a round. So practice if you need to, so that we can be in beautiful harmony next week as we do this hymn. Not kidding. <laughs> yeah, but call the offering and... You can bring the offering forward, please. Thank you, Audrey. Every week we bring ourselves to this place for sanctuary, for caring to one another, for sharing our lives. And as we do that, we also, every week, we light candles. We bring our joys, our sorrows, our concerns, our worries, and we light a candle. And hopefully some of that in the doing of this ritual, some of those concerns are alleviated. Some of our pain is diminished. And some of our joy is multiplied and shared. So at this time, I invite you to light a candle, if you wish, of joy or concern or worry or care. So you take a taper. If you haven't been here, you take a taper and light your taper and light a candle and douse it in the water and put it in the second basket. So I'll ask, um, and if you're new, I suggest you not, if you're new here since, uh, since COVID and we've changed the protocol, just don't go first and you'll be fine. <laughs> so I invite you now to come and light a candle for that which is in your heart. you to put your joys and concerns into the chat.
candle for all those joys and sorrows, cares and concerns that we hold in our hearts, unlit, and sometimes not even thought through. As we continue into deepening our experience, I invite you to take a couple of deep cleansing breaths with me. Feel the chair or the floor or the bed or the couch. Whatever is supporting you, let it hold you. Lean into it. Let go. Focus in on your breath for a couple of more deep breaths. Is there any tension in your body? Can you wiggle it out? The Journey by Mary Oliver. One day you finally knew what you had to do and began. Though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice, though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the old, old tug at your ankles. Mend my life, each voice cried, but you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do, though the wind pried with its, its stiff fingers at the very foundations, though their melancholy was terrible. It was already late enough, and a wild night, and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voice behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds. And there was a new voice which you slowly recognized as your own that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world. Determined to do the only thing you could do. Determined to save the only life you could save. A few moments of silence. One day you finally knew what you had to do and began. Though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice, though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the old tug at your ankles, Mend my life, each voice cried, but you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do. Though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations, 
though their melancholy was terrible. It was already late enough and a wild night and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voice behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds, and there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life you could save. Responsive reading number 440, it will, the words will come up behind me. I will read the plain text and you will read the italicized. From the fragmented world of our everyday lives, we gather together in search of wholeness. Yet we know that no branch is utterly severed from the tree of life that sustains us all. We cherish our oneness with those around us and the countless generations that have come before us. We would hold fast to all of good we inherit, inherit even as we would leave behind us as the outworn and the false. We would escape from bondage let us labor in hope for the dawning of a new day without hatred, violence, and injustice. Let us search for the growth in our own lives of the love that has shone in the lives of the greatest of our In this spirit we gather, in spirit we pray, all together. As Philip Hewitt, the longtime minister, it's okay, I got it. <laughs> uh, minister Emerita at the Vancouver uh, Unitarian Church. I'll just go and get my notes and uh, we'll carry on to the sermon message, homily, whatever we call it here. Oh, there it is, stepping out. 
the courage to let ourselves be known. I could not remember what I had uh, decided upon. So do you know that meme? Have you ever seen it? Um, Alara and I were talking about it the other day. People say that life is not like a musical. People don't go around breaking into song every, uh, every 10 minutes. Well, these are not my people. My kids will tell you that when I'm really happy, everything reminds me of a song. And so somebody will say a line, and then I'll just start, because I've heard, I'll listen to all the, well, especially if it's from a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. <laughs> Maybe not Wicked, because I've never watched that. Not, not, the, not the newer ones, but if it's in a Rodgers and Hammerstein or Mary Poppins, I know it. <laughs> I used to say, everything you need to know in life, you can figure out from Mary Poppins or or Maria Von Trapp. <laughs> the song, We Shall Be Known, by Ma Muse, was the inspiration for the title of today's service. Can I have a D, please, Gordon? I'd like to sing it for you, if I can, because I'm a little out of breath. And as, if you know it, sing along. And then, as you can, join. We shall be known by the company we keep, by the ones who circle round to tend these fires. We shall be known by the ones who sow and reap the seeds of change alive from deep within the earth. It is time now. It is time now that we thrive. It is time we lead ourselves into the well. It is time now, and what a time to be alive. In this great turning we shall learn to lead in love. In this great turning we shall learn to lead in love. Again. We shall be known by the company we keep, by the ones who circle round to tend these fires. Shall be known by the ones who sow and reap the seeds of change alive from deep within the earth. It is time now. It is time now that we thrive. It is time we lead ourselves into the well. It is time now, and what a time to be alive. In this great turning we shall learn to lead in love. In this great turning we shall learn to lead in love. Thank you. We'll sing that again, I hope, in the, in the near future. Gordon, should we have that as a hymn of the month soon? I think that'd be a good idea. As Audrey mentioned, this month we are supporting the Child Haven with sharing our abundance. Child Haven, as Audrey mentioned, is... Uh, is, uh, was started by Reverend Fred and his wife Bonnie Cappuccino. And, the, and this has been their ongoing life's work. 
It's now a big organization. Fred was telling me he used to do all of the fundraising, but he has staff now that do that for him. In honor of him, I am going to do what he told me to do at a ministerial collegial gathering. And I've told you this before. He said, always start with a joke. It softens them up a little. So a kindergarten teacher was observing her classroom as the children drew pictures. The teacher would walk up and down and see each of the kids' artwork. As she approached one little girl who was working especially hard, she asked what the drawing was. The little girl told her, I'm drawing God. But sweetie, the teacher replied, no one actually knows what God looks like. Automatically, the little girl continued drawing and said, well, they certainly will in a minute. It's <laughs> a good one. And of course, we have to do two. A taxi driver and a priest went to heaven. Both appear at roughly the same time at the pearly gates, and, and um, St. Peter gives uh, the priest a modest home and some wine and cheese. The taxi driver is given a yacht, a boat, a mansion, and a box of diamonds. The priest looks at St. Peter and says, I devoted my life. I was a priest for many years, but all I get is this little house and a tiny amount of food. This, this guy gets all this, this stuff, and he was a taxi driver. St. Peter says, yes, but we go by results. When you gave sermons, people slept. When he drove, people prayed. <laughs> and this morning, I hope I do not put you to sleep. The tagline for this service says, Why does it take so much courage to let our guard down our guard? and be truly seen for who and what we are. October is LGBTQ plus month, and October 11th was National Coming Out Day. Let's join together and celebrate courage and vulnerability in music, story, and ritual. That's what it said. I tried to follow that. I'm not very good at that following what I thought I was going to talk about in the middle of September, by the middle of October, but, but that's okay. We're going to do it. So there are people here with us in the sanctuary and people online that have come out. Hands up if you've ever come out to anyone, anywhere, about anything, at any time. <laughs> wish to tell you how brave you are, and if you say it wasn't that hard, be thankful that you were in a supportive situation that it wasn't hard. For some, it is still impossible. Take my friend's brother-in-law. His mom was a devout Baptist. She could never understand why her boy Jim wouldn't just find a nice girl and settle down. Mom lived in Seattle. This is my best friend Meredith's mother-in-law, and, and her son Jim had moved to Florida. They couldn't really get further apart on the continental U.S. Jim decided it was better not to let his extended family know that he was gay and living with his husband in Florida because it would get to his mom. 
So he was going to wait until she died. But she didn't die. She was one of those few people that lived well past 100. She did not pass until she was 108 years old. Jim very sadly contracted lung cancer and and died a few years before his mom, never feeling like he could let his mom know who he really was. Her religion, wrongly, told her that being a homosexual was a mortal sin. And Jim knew it would be too hurtful. Jim knew that he wasn't committing any mortal sin, but he knew it would be too hurtful and confusing to his mom at her late age for her to know the truth. Fortunately, Jim's close family knew, and he received much love and support from from them. Or take my friend Lisa. She was born in Colombia to a strict Catholic family. She told me she always knew she was different. She knew there was something about her that she couldn't tell anyone. She was lucky when she came out to her family and friends, for she was loved and accepted for who she is. However, as she began to transfer into her true self, her business shriveled. No one wanted to do business with a trans woman, it seemed. She had the same excellent skills as a graphic designer before she transitioned, but her clients dropped her one by one. Lisa transitioned later in life and was terrified when she finally walked out of the door as her true self She's a published author. She's written a lot about her experience, and she has a blog online. Her name is Lisa Salazar, if you want to look her up. She says, though I transitioned fairly late in life at the age of 57, I had struggled for many years, not knowing why I felt the way I did. Like many transgender persons of my generation, it was not until I was 40 years old when I first heard the word transgender. This word did not come into use until the late 80s and early 90s. Up until that point, I had spiritualized this secret conflict for which I had no vocabulary. As a devout Christian, I struggled with guilt and believed all this internal confusion was an attack from the devil. She doesn't believe that anymore. Nevertheless, I believe my faith helped me survive and kept me from self-harming and self-destructive behaviors, even if I often thought about death. I met Lisa in seminary. We became friends, and I have to say that until then, I was pretty ignorant about what it meant to be a trans person. She was very generous, and I still have a lot to learn. We all do. (laughs) She was very generous and gracious in answering my questions. And I am very thankful for her kindness and her friendship. For her capstone project at uh, BST, Vancouver School of Theology, she did research based on Fowler's Stages of Faith. This person, this book, Fowler wrote, uh, this book outlines a person's depth of spiritual competence. If you're like this, you're here, like it's kind of a grid. 
She discovered that trans people had gone through so much soul searching, so much self-exploration that the results were pretty clear in her mind. In her study, trans folks were pretty spiritually competent. Of course, it was a limited study. However, it makes sense to me as trans people have had to go through so much to figure out, discover their true person, who they really are, why they feel so different right from day one. Those examples are pretty graphic, cut and dried. Jim and Lisa struggled their whole lives, finally came out. What about you? What about you at home? What are you keeping from yourself? We all have parts of us that we think are embarrassing. We all think sometimes, if you knew blank about me, you might not like me. We all have proclivities of some kind. We are a mixed bag of things that society deems acceptable and things we don't talk about in polite company. I have them, you have them, we all have them. Relax, though. I am not going to put you in knee groups to tell one another about them, which... <laughs> you don't even have to write anything down. I am going to say this, though. Showing up as fully as you can, as your authentic self, will enhance your quality of life immensely. I'll say it again. Showing up as fully as you can as your authentic self will enhance the quality of your life immensely. Maybe you think you already do, and maybe you have. I'm not saying you haven't. I'm only saying that the better we are at checking in with ourselves about our hidden thoughts, intentions, beliefs, biases, the deeper our experience of life is, and the better able we are able to walk through life authentically. We all wear masks. We want people to see us in a good light. We want to present our best selves. I know I do. It takes a lot of courage to contemplate removing the masks and being real. However, it is the real you that the world longs to see. It is the real you that we want to see. Brene Brown, my uh, colleague, Reverend Julie Stoneberg, she was in um, Peterborough, she says, you can't talk about courage very long or start thinking about courage or wandering around the internet about courage without running into Brene Brown. So here we are, running into Brene Brown. She uses a Theodore Roosevelt quote to talk about the courage and importance to be our real selves. This quote is sometimes called the man in the arena. I've changed some wording to make it feel more inclusive for everyone. Roosevelt, through Brene Brown, says, It is not the critic who counts, not the one who points out how the strong stumble, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. 
the credit belongs to the one that's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions? Who spends themselves in a worthy cause? Who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement? And who at the worst at least fails while daring greatly? So what does that mean for us here in today's context? I'll take a stab at answering it, and I invite you to answer these questions for yourself. If you, forget the, if you want to look back at the quote, just Google the man in the arena, or famous Thomas Theodore Roosevelt quotes. It just pops right up. In order for me to be my most authentic self, I need to stop worrying about what others, others think of me. I need to let go of the pretenses that keep me from others, keeps me separate, keeps me apart. I need to finish my own thoughts, question my motives, spy on myself a little to discover where my biases are and stop assuming things. I find that I have to meditate often and take stock of what my mind does when it wanders. I have biases, we all do. And I am trying to find out where they are and how to fight against them. Abram X. Kendi, in his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, tells us that being anti-racist requires us to be vigilant. It is a verb. We aren't anti-racist or anti-anything without ongoing and sustained effort. Just like Lewis Cardinal talked about last week in his excellent talk, reconciliation is a verb. It is something we engage in, that we inhabit, not something outside of ourselves. Showing up as our true, authentic selves, being anti-racist, checking our biases, and engaging in reconciliation is the work. It is how we allow ourselves to be known, as Mamuse tells us in their song. We shall be known by the company we keep, by the ones who circle round to tend these fires. My friends, this is not work to be done alone. We must be in relationship to do it because it's too hard to do alone. We can be in circle. We need to hear each other's stories. I should have said we need to be in circle. We need to hear each other's stories. We tend the fires together. And we can show up for one another. We can call each other out and we can call each other in when we are hurt. And we can live into covenant together 
It is time now. It is time to draw ourselves into the well. What does that even mean? What, um, there's lots of different interpretations, but what I take from that line is that it's time to draw deep into the wellspring of our lives. To begin or to continue to go deep. To plumb the depths of our abilities and our strengths. To ask the hard questions. Examine ourselves ruthlessly. And love with open hearts and minds. We shall be known by the company we keep. Let's be the company we need for each other in order for us to become our best selves. We can't do it alone, only in community. It is a privilege, it is an opportunity, and it is a lot of work. May we have the courage to engage in this precious work. So may it be, blessed be, and amen. Let's take a few moments of silence while Coriolis Light prepares to sing a musical reflection. It is Thanksgiving Eve by Bob Frankie. Thank you. 
uh, Tanya, would you come up and extinguish the flame, please? Oh, sorry, we're going to sing our closing hymn first. <laughs> I Know I Can, number 1015. Thank you. <laughs> by Cornell West. We need the courage to question the powers that be, the courage to be impatient with evil, patient with people, and the courage to fight for social justice. In many instances, we will be stepping out of nothing and just hoping to land on something. But that's the struggle. To live is to wrestle with despair, yet never allow despair to have the last word. And before the benediction, I would like to extend my gratitude to each of you for being here in the sanctuary and to all of those at home, watching from home or later on at any time on, uh, on the magic of the computer. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you to everyone that has put in so much effort to make this service possible. Too many to name. You know who you are. There's so many of us. And if I start, I, I have this habit of wanting to name them, and then I forget somebody, so quiet now, Rosemary. Declan, I'm going to move out here. Do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. 
everything can break and everything can be mended, but not with time, as they say, with intention. So go and love intentionally. Love extravagantly and love unconditionally for the broken world waits in darkness for the light that is in you. Go in peace, my gentle people. Go in peace. And as is our custom, we will sing Carry the Flame to take us out. Hand, hand holding as you're comfortable. You don't have to hold it against it.